Welcome to the Wichita Catholic Podcast, and this is my interview with the Missionaries of Vagabond Missions. We met there at the Underground, which they run just across from North High. We spend the first half of the interview talking about what they do, and then we spend the second half roughly talking about evangelization and what inspires them. These men and women are in the streets of Wichita day-to-day evangelizing, and so you can really sense their passion, really see their love for evangelization and love for spreading of the gospel. And so I know you'll enjoy this interview because uh, that comes out, and these men and women are in our community uh, bringing the gospel to to our neighbors. And so they hopefully will serve as inspiration for us as we continue our work here spreading the gospel in Wichita. Enjoy. Thank you for for sitting down with me. It might be helpful if you could go around and say who you are and how long you've been with Vagabond Missions and even where you're from. Sure. I'm Patrick McKinsey. I've been with Vagabond Missions for about a month and a half now. Uh, and I grew up here in Wichita at Seas. Uh, my name is Andy Chiray and I've uh, been with Vagabond Missions for about uh, five years and um, originally from Newport News, Virginia. I'm Sophie King. I am a Cape and grad, and I've been with Vagabond Missions for a month and a half. Uh, my name is Jenny Padilla. Um, I've been with Vagabond Missions for two and a half years, a little less than that, um, and I'm originally from Ventura, California. My name is Jesse, and I graduated from North High, and I've been here from Vagabond Ministry. I've been here for one year and a half. Nice. Nice. Cool. So, uh, what, what's, your, what's your mission with being here in Vagabond Missions? Um, yeah, yeah. Our mission is to um, is to break the cycle of hopelessness that we find in the inner city and urban areas um, by inviting young people into a relationship with Christ and His Church. Um, we do that primarily through outreach, discipleship, and solidarity with the poor. So, yeah. Kind of in a nutshell, what the mission is. So outreach is that? I guess could you explain that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Can, so basically, um, there's a lot of different forms of outreach that we do. When we first started, you know, Andy started on his own for about uh, four months before I got here. Um, but he would basically just go out on the street, um, go out to the park that's right next to the high school, the public high school, North High, and. Uh, just grill hot dogs and get to know kids um, from the community that were hanging out and that were, um, yeah, just during the summer and during the school year that would just go there after school. Um, and once I got here, we actually got permission to go into North High um, and got to know a lot of the kids just being able to go on campus and being able to just say hello, walk around the halls, um, just talk to them, get to know them, um, and kind of spread the word about, you know, we just had recently um, gotten the underground our youth center, and so we were able to spread the word about them being able to come here and hang out and uh, all of our events that were going on. And then we also we love to um, go to their extracurricular activities, so that might be a play, um, games, um, you know, whatever else might be going on in their lives. We love to be able to go to their games and meet kids there as well. Um, but yeah, we don't just work within the North High you know, area. We have kids um, that are from all different schools, all different areas. So basically, you know, we get to know kids through other kids. We get to know them at the park. We get to know them through several different avenues, just hanging out in the neighborhoods and things like that. So 
So it's something you do daily, like go out in the neighborhoods and. Um, we try to do it. Yeah, we try to do it as much as we can. So it might be once or twice a week that we actually make it out onto the street. Um, but we primarily, you know, have the school time that we go into North High. Um, and then we have the after school time where kids can come and hang out and we get to know them through that through that means. Coffee break. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Great. So uh, what's it look like when you go into North High? Like, what, what do you how do you interact with students at North? Yeah, so we just go into the high school, usually during their lunch hour, um, and they're usually just hanging out in the hallways. Um, so we go around. Uh, usually we'll see the ones that we already know, uh, kind of talk to them and get to know the people that they hang out with, their other friends. Um, and we also just go up to new kids, uh, say, hey, uh, tell them about the underground, kind of what they're about. Yeah, and there's always kids playing in the gym or just hanging out at the lockers. Uh, so. so they let you just roam around inside? Yeah, yeah. We've had North High be super, um, just super kind and awesome to us. They've been, um, yeah, just super open to uh, having welcoming. us. Yeah, very welcoming. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I was going to say hospitable, but that's a very weird word. Um, so, yeah, they've been super welcoming and super open to having us just be able to walk around. We Sometimes we'll just hang out with certain kids, bring them pizza. Um, we'll go into the gym and play some volleyball or basketball. We will, um, yeah, just kind of hang out wherever the kids are and, and you know, they're pretty open about it. We just have our passes and, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. As cool. long as you don't stop in the flow zone. Yeah, you, you can't can stop in the flow zone. You can't wear hats. <laughs> no, I'm just and kidding. We get confused. Like, we're students, yeah. I enjoy it because I'm 31. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They gave me a tar- one guy tried to give me a tardy pass one time. He thought, he, I said, what's that? And he's like, aren't you late for class? And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> you think I'm 17. You don't have to wear like a, like a badge or like a Yeah, we do a visitor pass. He just oh, okay. couldn't see it, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, he thought Jenny and I were, were uh, delinquent students, you know, trying to skip skip class. So they don't care that you're like a Catholic kind Yeah, of group, I mean, they, we kind of started just by volunteering with Pando, um, which is a nonprofit uh, com- uh, organization that's in the public schools. Pando Initiative, yeah. Um, and they do like counseling and mentoring and tutoring and whatnot. Um, and they just help kids that are kind of falling by the wayside um, where they don't have a lot of support at home. And so we started volunteering with them and we got a background check through UST 259. And then actually, another Blessed Sacrament parishioner, um, Tom Perkins, um, got us, he's an administrator at North. So we met with him and he kind of got us like plugged in, in there. Um, and now we just uh, we just walk in and swipe our little badges, and they print us off a visitor pass, and we're good to go. Yeah, nice. It's funny. I was talking to Father uh, Carline at St. Patrick, and he said that like him and Father Jim tried to go into North, and they were like, uh, we're not so sure, you know. I'm like, yeah, we we, told, we kind of slid under under the radar a little bit, but uh, yeah, they've been very. You know, we don't, and this kind of lends to the whole point of what outreach means too. Like, you know, we don't go in with like a Bible or like with like catechism or you know we're not going in trying to say like hey can i tell you about jesus christ and blah blah blah. you know um we we start with relationship you know we start with just being present just saying hey what's going on you know you want to shoot hoops or hey we have this youth center called the underground and it starts with that um and so that that's how we do outreach in general you know whether it's inside the school or not but i think that helps as far as like you said 
yes, we're a Catholic organization, but they know like we're not coming in there to proselytize, like just right on a on a soapbox, you know, we're there just to uh, make friends and uh, invite them to, to the youth center and just to be a resource for the community. Yeah. And what's really cool is that since they've gotten to know us, different administrators, different staff members, like the, um, I know the uh, quote unquote, I don't, I don't know if she's a therapist or a school psychologist or what she is, but um, she's referred a few people to me and to the underground. Um, I know that there's social workers, um, you know, vice principals, the officer um, at North High, who's who's stationed there, they've all referred people to us, um, and they just kind of know um, and appreciate the fact that we have this youth center that's a safe place for kids to come hang out, and a lot of them are very comfortable with the fact that, you know, we're going to try to make them have a safe community, try to make them have a place where they feel um, like they can go and they can have someone to talk to and um, have someone who cares about them because um, they know for a fact, like, you know, there's not that many people in their lives doing that. Um, so, yeah, it's been really awesome getting, you know, just the word out in the school because a lot of people have, yeah, just been supporters and fans of us. So, cool. Could you describe the underground? We're here, but what, uh, what do you guys do here? Um,. <laughs> well, um, kind of our biggest night is uh, Breakout, which is Tuesday nights, and it's just fellowship, like an hour of hanging out and fun games, usually really gross games, because um, it gets them active, um, and then a quick 10-minute, um, 5-10 minute talk about um, the Lord's love for them, um, and it's really just a safe place for them to get a meal and a ride home and just kind of get out of their day-to-day life a little bit. Um, so, somebody want to talk about Thursdays? Yeah, and then Thursday nights, we also do um, B-Stud, which is Bible study. Uh, and we just invite a few, some of the kids that... B-Stud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had a very <laughs> uh, we invite some of the kids that have shown interest in learning more about their faith, learning more about God and Him in their lives. Um, and we just come, we have a meal together, we hang out, play a few games, um, sometimes have Kirk Franklin dance parties, <laughs> and then we just yeah. sit down with each other and we just read the Bible together. Um, and we see how Scripture um, applies to all of us, um, to every aspect of our lives. So it's been really cool to get to see them um, open up scripture and learn how to read it and learn how to apply it to their own lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a side note, the kids don't necessarily know us as Vagabond Missions. They know us as the underground. Um, they call, you know, us like the underground family. But yeah, it's it's on Wednesdays and Fridays. We also have it after school open just for kids to come play pool, grab a snack, um, play some video games uh play some you know board games whatever it might be and just hang out um so yeah that's pretty much what we do here cool i guess there's kind of a sense you seem to say you said family and things like that is it you're trying to create a a culture that's different or or like maybe culture is not the right word but create a place where they can feel comfortable yeah My, my my perception which maybe you know i don't know these kids like you guys do but um is that you know there's a lot of I don't know, be it poverty or loneliness or yeah. broken families and things. And I don't know. Yeah, if totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
like Mother Teresa, one of our favorite quotes that we kind of share, I don't know if you said this maybe when I was gone, but was that she said, you know, the biggest poverty in life isn't a poverty of like hunger, the poverty of hunger, but actually the poverty of feeling unwanted um, and unloved. And so, like Jenny said, you know, we kind of, we do think of it as like a community and as a family. And a lot of the kids we encounter, a lot of the kids that end up coming to the underground or being, you know, taking part in the ministry, um, a lot of them have, you know, varying degrees of just kind of, of dysfunctional family lives or, bro- or broken homes or addiction in the family or um, abuse or neglect or, um, or you know, they're, they're, from a str- they're struggling financially, you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, whatever it may be. It's kind of a, a sliding scale, but we, we kind of have seen that the kids, who, the kids who come and the kids who get involved are those kids who, like, need that the most. You know, they need a sense of family. They need a sense of, of community. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, that's our biggest... That's the biggest compliment I think that we feel a lot of times is when, when kids refer to, to this as, you know, their second home or their or their family or, you know, that they feel loved when they're here. Um, you know, that's we feel like we're doing our jobs well then, you know. Uh, how many how many come Wednesday afternoons or something? Or the the bee stud? Yeah, I would say we have probably like fifty to sixty kids on Tuesday night, which is our big outreach night. Yeah. And um and then Wednesday and Friday after school, we'll probably have, at this point, we'll probably only have about 15, 10, 15 kids that come. And then Thursday night, we have about 30 to 40 kids that come to Bible study. And then Mass on Sunday, we'll have about 10 to 15 kids. So it's kind of a nice funnel of, like, Tuesday night is we're trying to throw that net out, like, far and wide. Like, it's that the intention of that Tuesday night is to, to do outreach, to get kids who would never come to a, something called the Bible study or never would come to church me, but they'll come to this party called Breakout that we do. So, you know, we have a ton of kids at, at, at um, Breakout, and then we have a little bit less kids at Bible study, and then we have even less kids at Mass. And then we also have, um, like, guys and girls groups, you know, um, where we'll have about five to seven guys in a guys group, five to seven girls in a girls discipleship group that are walking through Scripture together, meeting you know, with one of the missionaries um, every week or every other week where they're just kind of growing deeper in the Word and deeper in, in, uh, in the Gospel. So, so yeah, that's kind of the, the rundown numbers. Um, yeah, we probably have 100, over 100 different kids in the underground a week um, when we do those outreach nights. And would you say, like, what, what's their background in the sense of, like, church or something? Are they generally... They don't go to church at all. They don't know about Jesus or like, is it probably yeah. Mix, but. yeah, there's a good mix. Um, there is um, some kids that we have gotten to know that are, are culturally Catholic. So they come from, um, usually it's like Latino backgrounds, um, like myself, where, you know, you come from a culture that is Catholic rather than one that is necessarily, um, you know, a relationship. A with relationship with Christ. Yeah, I was trying to say that in the nicest way. Um, so yeah, they come from a culture that is more Catholic than than one that you know really emphasizes a relationship with Christ. Um, so uh, we have those kids. Um, they're a little bit more rare. Um, we have a lot of kids that have grown up going to all different kinds of churches. So they've you know grown up going to Baptist sometimes, or uh, you know Presbyterian sometimes, or you know, all these different ones um, that they kind of just come across through people in their families or people in their community who are willing to... We 
have, you know, this one church that, you know, some of our kids go to where, you know, they just pick them up on buses, on school buses every Sunday and take them. Um, and so we have kids that have, you know, had some sort of, you know, exposure to Christ and, and, and Christianity. Um, and then we have kids that really haven't at all. Um, and so we have some kids that maybe have heard it from a grandparent, you know, or, you know, I've heard the gospel, you know, just through, you know, society or connections or whatever, but haven't necessarily partaken. Um, so yeah, we have kind of a good mix. Um, I would say a lot of the kids that we get aren't necessarily super involved in their churches. Even if they do go to church, they're not, um, they're not very involved. They usually go, uh, you know, just with their family members or whatever it might be, um, or just, you know, for fun. Um, and so we have a lot of kids that, yeah, just aren't, uh, just don't know a lot about the gospel and haven't been truly exposed to who Jesus is in a very real personal way. Um, and so that's really cool is that we have, you know, some kids who know a lot, some kids who don't know anything, and we can all just learn from each other, and that's a really cool experience. How do you get from, like, games and activities and the Tuesday night thing? I think you mentioned you kind of give a short talk on Tuesday nights, right? But mm-hmm. how do you make that jump from, like, building that relationship with them and then bring it to faith? Or does it naturally happen? Or I'll, I'll start, and then if anyone wants to jump in, we'll jump in. Yeah, I think it just, you know... That's, there's like an old saying that I know Crucio used to use a lot, which was like, um, make a friend, be a friend, bring a friend to Christ, you know. Um, and an organization, another organization we kind of look up to and, and um, you know, uh, work alongside with um, or does a similar type of work is Young Life. And uh, they have a slogan, they have a mantra, that they say, you know, earn the right to be heard. And really, um, let's see, I'll, I'll add another mantra in here. When Bill sends one more one line. <laughs> nope. uh, <laughs> nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. You know? Yeah, those are, those are <laughs> three three different similar sayings saying the same thing. Basically, you know, like our whole goal, like you said, is really is to make disciples of Christ. But we do that the way we've seen that most effective, and we see it happen organically and also like sustainably and whatnot is through friendship. You know, Pope Francis I think says a lot about this in his encyclicals I wouldn't know because I haven't read them um, but I've heard <laughs> that he says uh, you know friendship is the greatest context for you know evangelization um, and that's what we seek to do um, yeah, look at these punks smoking smoking <laughs> cigs um, uh, anyways yeah we really you know I mean, I remember the first breakout we had, Jenny, like, it was just kind of like, all right, we hadn't really talked about the fact that we were like a Christian or Catholic organization. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're having this big party on Tuesday night, you know, we're going to have games and food and we're going to do a small talk, you know. And we just, you just go into it, you know, we just started sharing about Jesus. And, and I think they're, they're kind of like Jenny said, they've had exposure of like church functions, like some of them have, or like churches doing activities. And so... They're kind of, some of them are just indifferent, like, oh, yeah, like, this place is about Jesus because there's a picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe <laughs> or there's a picture of white Jesus hanging up, you know, or whatever. Um, but I think the difference is, you know, so, A, they're either indifferent, they're either interested or they're indifferent, but nobody's like, wait, what? Like, this is a Christian place? Like, I have no idea, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think the difference in our ministry and what we seek to do is that, you know, they've been to these other functions, they've been to other events, but that's a lot of times 
the extent of, of that ministry's impact on their life is they went to an event or they went to a weekly night at this other church. And it's just like, oh, hey, hope you guys had fun. Enjoy, you know, I'll see you next week, you know, see you next Wednesday night. Whereas we really seek to walk alongside the kids, like, in what they're going through in life um, and and be there as, as a neighbor and as a friend, as a mentor, not just as like, hey, come to this center. We'll give you what you need. See you next week. Like a social service, which are good. Like we need to feed the poor and we need to feed the hungry and, you know, help them in their physical needs. But we really seek to just be friends and walk alongside them. So we've take kids to food pantries some days. We've been to court with kids before. We've, um, you know, Jenny just went and visited, you know, one of our young teen moms, you know, like the day after she gave birth to her baby and we're able to get her diapers. And, you know, so X, Y, Z, you know, the list goes on and on. We, so we try to actually be be present, you know. Yeah. Um, so you guys are full-time missionaries, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're full-time. Yeah, we, um, we want all of our energy and focus to be on the relationships that we're building with the teens. So, um, yeah, full time. (laughs) What's it like? What is a week? Why? Like what, 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 your own family (laughs) and like, they're still figuring it out. Yeah. Like Like, what what drives you to do this? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like when I started, and I was like telling people like, yeah, I'm a missionary for Vagabond Missions. They were like, so is that like a side thing? I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> I do this like 40 hours a week, you know. Yeah. Um, and Even the kids think we have other jobs. The kids are always <laughs> saying, like, what do you do after this? Right, right. What do you do besides this? How do you get money? Oh my God. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so like our schedule like, you can't look at our schedules and, like, see exactly 40 hours, like, this time to this time. It's not 9 to 5. Um, but that's because I think we try to leave a lot of our schedule open to when kids need us so that we can go and hang out with them, uh, get them something to eat, take them to the movies, go to the park with them. Um, just something that friends would do anyways together. And so... Yeah, and we just try to open ourselves up as much as we can so that we can be there for them when they need us um, and not just when the underground is open, like, 9 to 5. Yeah, and that's that's uh, conceptually um, something we really focus on in this ministry as a whole, as an organization, is that we don't want to be a church that you come to. We want to be a church that comes to you. Um, we want to be... Hashtag that. that awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> just make that up right now. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good. <laughs> but, but Dang, I mean, we've said it in a lot of different ways. Fire I'm just saying it. Uh, <laughs> 100. Um, but yeah, no, seriously. I mean, we just, we want to be um, the hands and feet of Jesus. We're not, you know, Jesus wasn't a minister who was waiting for everyone to come to him. Mm-hmm. He went to them. Um, you know, he went into Samaria, even though it was uncomfortable. He, you know, he went into all these places um, and, and didn't wait for people to come to him um, and, and didn't, you know, ask like, hey, if you want to see us, if you want this, if you want to hang out, make sure you're here from nine to five. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's just that's just not real friendship. And that's not real ministry, um, in our opinion. So we just yeah, that's like what Patrick was saying. We want to be as open as possible. So where God is leading us at whatever time he's leading us. Um, obviously, that comes with, you know, us learning how to have boundaries for our own lives and our own sake. But 
um, you know, yeah, that's just a discerning process um, individually, but it's definitely one of those things that, you know, we have to be open if we want to do rural ministry. Um, so, yeah. And that's why the underground is right across from North High as well. and why Super we, accessible. Yeah, and we um, try to live in the neighborhoods that they're living in because um, we really, I think, understand the value of solidarity um, and being a part of the community. We're not like uh, we pick up the kids and take them, you know, to the other side of town, mm-hmm. to a nice place. But we and we don't view ourselves as apart from the community, um, but we're really trying to uh, just be intertwined with what's going on in the neighborhoods um, and in the area. Right. Yeah. And that's um <laughs> Uh, I don't want to keep talking, but that's, that's also one of our, our, you know, our, our main concepts as well as that, the idea of the incarnation. Um, anybody else want to say that? So I don't have to say it. I just what? think it's important. You got it. Go Fire emoji. It. Go. No, you got it. I don't want to, I know. I just don't want to be talking the whole time. Um, so, uh, we, we believe in the idea of the incarnation of, you know, Jesus became flesh and came into, our worlds, um, our lives, exactly as it was, um, met us right where we were at. And we believe that we were called to the same thing as, you know, people who follow him. Um, not just missionaries, not just vagabond missionaries, you know, um, but people who follow Jesus um, are all called to that. And so, yeah, it's really cool. Andy um, has a house, you know, about a minute away from the underground. I have a house about 30 seconds away from the underground. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, we all just want to, you know, spend as much time in our community. This is our community. It's not, it's not theirs. Um, it, it's our community. Um, so we just want to be as involved, as present as we can be. So I feel like I'm the only one that yeah, comes Yeah, one time Jesse there. took a bus to my house. <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Long time ago. <laughs> you don't remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was when you were living out in Rock with your brother, and then you took you were like I'm gonna take a bus over to your house. You did. <laughs> you did do that, dude. I remember that. But it is cool when you know kids will what stop by, or you know, um, kids know where you live, and and you know it can be a cool thing, um, or even just like where our family is. You know, we, my wife and our small kids. You know, all the neighbors have kids, and. They're able just to play, you know, in the front yard or play soccer, or, you know, just play with the sidewalk chalk. Or, you know, we'll have, like, you know, we used to have, like, 10, 15 kids in our front yard, you know, just playing. And it was just cool to just be in the neighborhood, you know, and yeah. not feel like, oh, well, I'm just driving and I'm commuting, you know, to do ministry. But it's like we're here in the neighborhood. So. Yeah. No, I think uh, just on the incarnation again, like, if there's one – mystery of the faith that I think we really try to imitate it's that it's the incarnation um you know I was at mass yesterday and I heard this great homily at blessed sacrament that Jesus wasn't ashamed to be uh human to have a body and in the same way like was that was that which which priest was that I I can't remember oh, okay. he was blonde <laughs> he was blonde so one of um, it's pretty good. Yeah, but Jesus, when he was doing his ministry, um, I mean, first of all, God, he could have saved us. He could have, like, sent his word to us um, in any way he desired. Uh, but he chose to be, 
to become part of us, uh, to become one of us. Um, and so I know that's what really drives me. And I think that's what drives the other missionaries as well, um, is just imitating the incarnation, giving everything that we can to become part of the community, uh, to be one with the kids that we serve. Yeah. Take that one and then take mine out. Yeah, it's like, it like we don't want to be a church that you come to. We want to be a church. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Take mine out. Quote Andy Charade. <laughs> yeah, I said that. Yeah. yeah. So, incarnation. Well, I guess the, now I'm putting that word in the phrase <laughs> incarnational evangelization. Yeah. Mm. Um, Hashtag. Uh, yeah. Well, that's. I met with Father Ivanek and he said that multiple times. Mm. It's, like, it's so like hip. Like, Father Ivanek, man, he doesn't. It's awesome. He's not. He's in the game still. That's uh, <laughs> great. But uh, I guess the you know the general trends and thoughts and we had the synod on the youth and all that stuff and the thought of like the, the faith doesn't doesn't catch young people. It doesn't matter to them generally in in society. But like, I guess what would you say about that? How do you do you see the faith like the faith still connects with young people? Oh yeah. So if you, you don't have to talk. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm think go, I want to go on and yeah. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, so I think. What I was say, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what Andy would say is, uh, what, say? what Andy would say is, of course, um, we just got to present Jesus, <laughs> present Jesus the right way. Um, yeah. No, 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 um, no. I, I don't want to talk. You talk. Okay. Um, goodness. Um, no, I mean, I think, uh, like, I don't know if you're familiar with communion and liberation. We were just talking about the other day, but Luigi Giussani said, you know, like, the religious experience, like, has to, for modern man, it has to, like, be something that they ex- the experience, like, that they know with their senses and that, like, matters to their own personal lives, like, that it can connect with their personal lives. Because, in other words, like, you know, it's not necessarily the, the truths or... Um, the teachings or the doctrine that are going to, you know, convince people, you know, maybe in this modern era or postmodern or whatever the heck we're in, um, you know, it's we're in a very man-centered, man-centric uh, time, you know, whereas, you know, maybe in thousands of years ago, it's very, you know, more God-centered and more God-fearing and, you know, uh, people, you know, maybe followed God because they were just, there's more of a fear of hell or fear of, you know, being, being wrong or what have you, whereas now it's just kind of like... A, that's all out the window, you know, but I feel like if, it, if we can present, you know, Christ or just bring Christ into their lives. So it's into a way where, Hey, this is, this is a real person. This isn't just an idea. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's, it's a real, per- like Jesus is a real person. God, the father is a real person who wants to know you and wants to love you. And, and is really the answer to everything as John Paul II said, like everything you're longing for, everything you're missing, everything you, you, you're up late, you know, losing sleep over or just wishing, you know, was, was, was there in your life or, or whatever. Like, that's the answer to all those things is, is Jesus, you know. So I just think that they've never, most of the kids have never, you know, going back to this incarnation thing, they've never just met a Christian in the flesh who loves Christ and will, is willing to love them regardless of, of, like, with no expectation, you know. Like, and that's one of our goals, and Young Life is big about that too. Like, we love young people, like, with no expectation on them like it's not like oh you don't want to be oh you don't want to follow christ you don't want to be a christian like okay fine we don't want, 
we don't want to love you anymore. You know, we, we love them regardless. And just think a lot of kids have never experienced that. They've never known. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's one advantage that we have over suburban parish youth ministry in some ways is, um, you know, kids in a parish, like especially if they've gone to parish schools, they've been catechized. They've learned everything. Um, and I think sometimes some of that head knowledge can get in the way of the person of Jesus Christ. And for us, we have the charisma on our side. We have the ability to um, preach the gospel for the first time for these kids in so many ways, be it by our words, um, reading the Bible, or just by our actions and loving them, like Andy was saying. Um, we have the ability uh, to show them uh, what it is to be a Christian. Um, and hopefully that's what we're doing here, and hopefully that's what we're doing with our lives. Uh, what do you guys go to for inspiration you've been quoting a lot of different people and or do you have like favorite work or a favorite saint or is it kind of a, yeah. a model you follow so or? i'll go around and say our favorite people <laughs> yeah um i would say mother Teresa, saint mother Teresa, however you would say that now um saint mother Teresa saint of calcutta <laughs> um is definitely uh probably my my person i i just asked to intercede for me the most. Um, she, uh, for me, is just so, she's so relatable um, because she she was real um, and she was honest about it. And, and she literally, you know, would tell people in the most practical, simple, you know, straightforward ways, like, just do it, <laughs> you know, like, just pray before you do it. Just go out there and love people. And I think all of us um, can kind of get caught up in overanalyzing what the gospel in action really looks like, what we need to actually be doing if we're discipling and if we're called to all these things. And you can like see that, you know, um, in so many of the people who are kind of paralyzed by fear, even in coming here, we have some people who, you know, yeah, just would just would be afraid to come here. You know what I mean? But would be afraid you know, to, like to come help you or just yeah, to come, come help, help us, which yeah. I'm not trying to like call people out, but I'm trying to say like, I think so many people can be paralyzed by fear um, in in just over you know over complicating the gospel when in reality mm-hmm. it's so simple. Um, it's as simple as walking down the street and you know having you know the awareness um, to give someone the dignity to speak with them, whatever that person looks like or seems like to you, whether it be a homeless person or a stranger or whatever it might be. Um, or a barefoot person. Or a barefoot person who wears headbands every day. Um, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> um, um, but no. Still talking about Sophie, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? No, it wasn't me. I didn't think it's it was me. It's true. <laughs> I love her. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think all of us can overcomplicate it. I mean, even ourselves, like on a daily basis, we have to check ourselves and, and what, you know, things are actually looking like for us and how we're following and stuff. So um, I don't know what the main point was here. Who inspired I lost myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Mother Teresa, um, St. <laughs> Teresa of Calcutta was just um, such an exemplary person in that in that way um where she put jesus first and she let all the love and everything that she needed flow out from that love that he gave her and that she had for him and very simply just did it yeah and i think um on the same thing for me uh i would say my person would be pierre giorgio prasadi 
just because like Jenny was saying, we can just kind of morph um, the reality of the mission in so many ways. Um, and I think one way is we can like romanticize it. Like we think about the people that um, Pier Giorgio served in his home. Like we can think they were perfect people or like the people that St. Teresa of Calcutta served uh, in India, that they were like perfect, um, easy to serve. But like that was one of the blessings this past fall. I got to go to Turin where Pier Giorgio actually went and did ministry and I mean, the people are the same there that they are here. And the reality is, like, it's not going to be nice and it's not going to be um, easy all the time. But that's those are the people that we're called to serve um, as Christians. For sure. Yeah, I think you can find that in any relationship um, that you have in your life where you don't wake up every single day feeling inspired and full of love and joy for the people that you're serving and that you're called to love, whether that be in a marriage or families or friendships or whatever that might be. That's the same thing for us is, you know, yeah, it's not pretty uh, most of the time. It's not super inspiring most of the time. We don't get all these, you know, moments of, oh, my gosh, look how God is working. You know, like we don't get all these you know, just direct, uh, you know, encouragements from God. But at the same time, when we do, that is so, you know, it's so worth it. Yeah. Um, for me, it's not a specific person or like saint, um, but um, when I forget um, why I'm doing this, I kind of go back and read um, about the woman at the well. And that kind of hits home for me. And just the love that the Lord showed me when I felt like I wasn't worthy of being loved. Um, and I feel like she's a good example of being a missionary because she left her buckets and went and proclaimed the gospel. Um, and I just really, like I said, I go back to that and I'm like, you're doing this because you want them to feel the love that you felt. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so cool. Um, my day. What? D-Day? Dorothy Day, yeah. I was going to say. Classic. Yeah, mine's probably Dorothy Day, um, who we named one of our daughters after. Not because we live in Kansas. Um, <laughs> no, my family members were like, really? <laughs> we like, just moved to Kansas, and then like six months later we had... Shay. We're like, oh, we named our daughter Dorothy. Um, but yeah, she... Jenny, you kind of reminded me, but she quote In her book, The Long Loneliness, like she quotes... Uh, I think it was... Dostoevsky, who said, like, love in actuality is a dreadful thing. Is that yeah. Dostoevsky? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, just that, like, man, it's, you know, and and, and um, it's just not, and not, I don't want to say this like we're, like, some type of martyrs or something, because we're really not, but um, it is, it, it's a fine line between, like, you don't want to romanticize, like, oh, this is so, everything's going to be great, and we're, like, out here on the front lines and blah, blah, blah. But then you also don't want to go to the other end of the spectrum of like, oh, this is so hard. And like, we are so, we are like you know, following Christ like no one else is. You know, like right. that's, I think both extremes are problematic. You know, like we are, you know, just doing what we feel like God called us to do. And, um, yeah, Dorothy Day, I mean, she was super radical and, and loved the poor and, uh, lived in solidarity with them. And, um, yeah, her book, The Long Loneliness, really was a, game changer for me we read it i read it in new york when uh i was doing vagabond missions in brooklyn and um i think one thing that she talked about a lot was you know or even where that title of the book comes from is she says you know we've all felt the 
we've all felt the long the the, the the you know we've all felt this long loneliness and we know that the only answer for it is community you know kind of circling back around to that idea of you know family um and i think as as missionaries or people who work you know with background missions like that's been one of the greatest joys for us or i guess for me but i think for them other people too is just that sense of community that that we're together that we, we pray together you know we, we meet together we we share meals together we um are part of each other's lives you know we're not just like co-workers you know um, but we're we're, we're partners in the gospel, you know, and we're, we're, we really try to be like a family together. Um, yeah. I thought I was going to say something else, but I forgot. <laughs> Jess, you want to weigh in? No. <laughs> no. <clears throat> I don't got nothing to say. <laughs> Talk about the underground. What, yeah, what, what's something you've, like, uh, enjoyed uh, or something that's like, impacted you? When I first met Andy, he was... Uh, I was at school and it was my last year and he talked to me about the underground and some other people came up and said hey you want to come to the underground and I was like how much does it cost you're like nothing it's free (laughs) and I was like okay so I went and I started coming and then since since we graduate we can't come here no more because it's for only high schools since we um we can't come to break out or nothing or like like bible study is uh we got a men's group and it's on wednesdays and we go to holy savior yeah yeah where'd you go this past weekend uh i went to a spiritual life center uh oh at the tech oh you went to tech uh, 159, yeah. Nice. Heck yeah. It was really awesome. I learned a lot. Sweet. And God just told me to go, so I just did. Yeah. And it was fun. And good partners, too. We, awesome. we made a lot of friends. Perfect. You guys awesome. do retreats, too, through the underground? Through yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we did try to do one in the fall, and then like a <laughs> trying to do a discipleship one. In like three weeks. In the works. We haven't really talked in about the works. <laughs> we'll just say it's in the works. We'll see. We're transitioning right now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like two a year. And then we go to Steubenville South in Louisiana. Um, we get actually get free spots down there, which is amazing. And housing. Cool. Um, and that's a um, Steubenville youth conferences. They do about like 20 across the country. And I know our diocese goes to some other places. Um, yeah, some of the different ones. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we go down there. We took 20 kids last year. And um, it was really powerful experience for a lot of them. So. Awesome. Yeah. Say something. Yeah. That kind of hit me right there when I went last year. To Steubenville? Yeah. And I like the ride, too. So. Yeah. Uh, and I know you know what you guys do is, is a lot more than um, the numbers, but uh, have people come to the underground and, like, found their way to the Catholic Church? I mean, again, you know, it's not... Yeah, but you do so much more than numbers, but no, yeah, no. We had five kids. We had five young people come to the church last Easter, and oh. then we've got um, we have one kid who's going to get baptized this Easter, and one who's going to get confirmed. Uh, oh. So yeah, it which has been amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like when then we have so many kids, we have a good handful of kids that are just like you know, Jenny can probably speak to that. That are just kind of 
there and they love coming to mass with us and they love going to adoration. I mean, we even have one kid who wanted to become Catholic, but his parents wouldn't, his mom didn't want him to and his grandma didn't want him to, you know. So there's a lot, there's, there's some of those pressures, you know, from their families or just kind of them not being familiar with Catholicism um, and, and misconceptions. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's something that I, I feel like takes time. I mean, obviously the cliche thing is like, oh, well, yeah, it takes time and we're planting seeds and we're tilling the soil and, you know, you never see, you know, we can't expect to see the fruit immediately, which is like, it's all true. But yet at the same time, you know, I, I don't want to just reduce it, reduce it to that. Um, I think it's kind of a, it's just, yeah, it is. It's just a process and a lot of the kids... That is one thing I think has been hard for us being like separate from a parish. Like, um, like Patrick was saying, we're right across the street from North High. The church that we kind of partner with alongside of is, is Holy Savior. And um, I think that that can be the beautiful thing of that is the independence that we have. Like, we have Bishop Kemi's blessing to, to be here um, and to minister. And then we, so we have this freedom or this independence to do things the way we feel God is calling us to do them. And then at the same time, you have the institutional, like, you know, stability of the church, and we are trying to plug them into the parish life of the Catholic Church. But the downside of that, I think, is that sometimes that connection could be missed. Um, yeah. Of like, oh, this is just the underground. Like, it's the underground this, the underground that. And the kids, like, just think, like, I was talking to another missionary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she was saying, like, our kids just call like Tuesday night church like they call like coming to the underground right. church yeah. and it is and that's kind of a beautiful thing like it, it truly is church like we're trying to be church but at the same time there can be that disconnect of like hey there's something deeper here so um, that's something we're kind of you know thinking around and and, and uh, looking looking into the future just kind of seeing how we can how we can bridge that gap a little better um, yeah yeah and I guess I'm guessing you probably don't, you know, reach everybody in, in inner city Wichita. No, we do. You do? <laughs> <laughs> Every single person. Yeah. Yep. Close the uh, shack. We're sorry. done. <laughs> Nobody else needs to worry about it. <laughs> like, what? Uh, what can what can the diocese of Wichita do? Uh, that, that's that's the right way to ask it. No, I'm just kidding. What's uh, what do you guys see as like that need for evangelization? in our diocese or maybe just, you know, in the city that you're familiar with here, but. Yeah. Just pray. <laughs> what are you saying? Go. Yeah, go ahead. No, I think um, one thing is just um, we can really get closed off from the outside community um, a lot when we're doing everything in the parish, just in the church. Um, and that's important to have that community. Again, like that's what we strive to have here. But Jesus didn't call his apostles to stay together, um, but he called them to go out um, and to meet others and to invite others back uh, to him. And so I think that's what we're trying to do here. um, And that's what we would try to encourage others to do in the diocese is to not um, be content with being comfortable in the pew, but to go out. um, And it can be in the streets. um, It can be in your own neighborhoods, yeah, um, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, go out. Um, don't be afraid because, you know, it, it's Jesus who is the one that has the power behind it. And if you trust him, 
then it, it, it's really amazing what can happen because here at the underground, it's not Jenny, Sophie, Andy, and Patrick doing the work, um, but it's Christ who's um, doing it. It's power of the Holy Spirit that's enabling us um, to just be there for the kids and to uh, be a community for them. Uh, so, yeah, just go out. Don't be comfortable. Amen. Come to the underground. Amen. We were, we were not, we were not made for comfort. We were made for greatness. Yeah. Is that you that's saying that? Pope that Benedict was Pope Benedict. Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it was no. Jenny. Maybe Jenny. <laughs> I thought it was GPT. Yeah, I, yeah, I told Benedict yeah, before he wrote it. So. Yeah. Stole it from me. Um, no, yeah, that was actually uh, my senior quote. And uh, Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was in my yearbook, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's something I've always... Um, I've always wanted to challenge myself as much as I can every single day um, in is, you know, that's why I was, honestly, that's why I knew I was called to this. Um, coming from California, and I'm not trying to <laughs> say anything, but, um, you know, I come. Sure, Jenny. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying it's a paradise. It <laughs> um, no, no, but but in reality, it, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be real with you guys, is that in actuality, mm-hmm. I could have, I could have gone a much more comfortable route. I could have, just like anybody else has that choice. You know, I had other options that seemed to be good in a lot of ways, and they very well could have, and God could have worked, and that would have been great. But I knew for a fact that this was the path that would take the most faith. This was the path that would make me depend on God the most that would completely be his work and not my own. And so I, I, you know, on a regular basis, I think all of us are just trying to cling to that is that this is not us. Um, and this is not, you know, how amazing talented Andy is or Patrick, his eloquent words or, you know, Sophie's smile, you know, whatever it is. Headbands. Headbands. Um, (laughs) But but we're trying to we're trying to really um, you know encourage everyone to just realize like you know God did not call the able He called the willing um, and as long as you're willing He will help you be able. He doesn't call the equipped He equips the called. Yeah. 2017, Wichita Dicey's seminary poster. Really? Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was 2017. Yeah. yeah, I would just add on what those guys said like. Just, you know, I think one of the problems we have as a church, especially in the Catholic Church, is we tend to, like, uh, it's probably gotten better since Vatican II, but we tend to look at, like, the the, the priests, the religious, um, or maybe in today's world, like, the lay, even the lay, you know, professional church workers, you know, professional ministers as, like, oh, they do that stuff. Or, like, well, Vagabond Missions does that stuff. Or Focus, they, they, they evangelize Catholic uh, college students or... You know, oh uh, well, Catholic charities—they they work with the poor. Like I'm cool. I don't. I can just like, we're doing it. We got it under control. You know, and I think, um, and this is like all of us. I mean, myself included. Like, we we tend to just think like I, I'm not supposed to do that, or if I am going to do something, I have to get permission first. And that's something I was going to say about Dorothy Day that she always just said like, I don't wait to be like you don't need to start a nonprofit or be official or you know. As long as you don't need to have the title of missionary to be a missionary. It's right. like, just go do it. Like, Jesus yeah. mandated, commanded you to do it. So you don't need to go ask Father Adam. Like, just go do it. You know, like, um, 
If you're baptized, you're a missionary. Yep. Yeah. It's in the gospel. You're, yeah. you're, right. Priest, prophet, and king. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, just you, you, we're all called to be a prophet. And it's like, and I think too, it's like, you know, just to know like everyone's called to different stuff. Like, right. There are people in your life, like there's people on your block. Like I'm thinking of College Hill because, you know, my wife grew up there and Father Adams, past, uh, Pastor Will. Well, no. <laughs> <Slow> <laughs> <down>. <laughs> um, <You mean> trouble. <laughs> uh, priest there, I and mean, that's where we go, it's both sacrament. But you know, I think of, you know, like we don't we don't live in College Hill. Like I can't evangelize College Hill like the way somebody who lives on Quentin or Roosevelt, you know, they can just get to know your neighbors, you know, invite them over for dinner. Like just just you know, bring bring the gospel to your sphere of influence. You know, right. who is it that you or, and or you know, a little bit outside of your comfort zone? Like Jenny was saying, like know your neighbors, invite them over for dinner. You know, pray for ask what you can pray for, pray with them, and just like start with a relationship and get to know them, and and uh, you know share the gospel with them. It's not right. you know. Um, I think people get really yeah. hung up on. Um, if they if their lives don't look their backgrounds don't look like the people that they want to minister to they can't minister and that's probably the biggest lie that the devil tells um in holding people back and giving people that fear is that you know you don't like my life doesn't look anything like a lot of the kids that i work with um i haven't had a lot of their experiences i've had similar ones to one extent or another but i haven't had those experiences but that doesn't make me any less able to love them does that make sense? It's kind of just, um, I don't know why I said just that makes sense. I'm talking to an audience. Um, Bible study mode, yeah. Um, Be stood. But, uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think it really is. Yeah, I was just going to say it's just, it's, it's that, it's that simple, um, is just being willing to love. Yeah, I mean, I grew up at St. Elizabeth NC and, in West Wichita, went to Bishop Carroll. Uh, like, <laughs> sorry for the East Siders. Um, my life didn't look like most of the kids um, that we serve, but that doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I tell people like, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't be afraid like to get out there uh, and to just be brave because in the past month and a half, especially, I've just been constantly. Um, amazed by what God's grace can do um, and how he allows you to relate to those that you may not have shared experiences with. But I mean, we all experience the same loneliness. We all experience rejection um, and we all desire the same love. So don't ever believe the lie that you uh, can't um, relate to those who are um, in more f- like physically um, different situations because yeah. um, in our hearts we all desire the same thing that's God's love <laughs> <laughs> throw that in there it's a shamrock shake uh, <laughs> they're back so. <laughs> are they really? yeah they're back oh, crap. this weekend uh, yeah, uh, my thought was to be kind of end by saying how can people support you? But I feel like that'd be just an easy way out and going against what y'all just said, that people should go into their neighborhoods and 
Oh, you can still ask that. How can people support you guys? Vagabondmissions.com backslash donate. Um, <laughs> no, really. I mean, uh, or get in touch with, um, I don't know if you do show notes on the podcast. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, our, you can put our, our emails, will be in there. Okay. Um, and yep. just um, email us, and we'd love to actually, actually, we'd love even more than you just going on the website. We'd love to get together with you face to face. If you're interested in partnering, being a mission partner, um, we do have to raise, you know, we do raise all of our support outside of, you know, we don't receive anything from the diocese or from any parish, you know, so we raise all of our support for our salaries and for our ministry budget, you know, um, kind of independently of, of the diocese or a parish. So if you're interested and you feel like God could be calling you to invest some of your resources in this mission, then we would, we would love to take it together with you face to face. Um, so you can email one of us in the show notes. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for your time. I know you got stuff to do. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. No, thank you for having thank us. You. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. It's a pleasure. Could one of you close us with a prayer? Oh, by the way, you guys can come down to the underground whenever you want. Feel free to come down and just see what we're doing firsthand and come visit us. And uh, we're always looking for... 1353 North Waco Ave. Yeah, we're always <laughs> looking for people who are willing to just come hang out, have some fun, love on some kids. So yeah, we should say that too. If you want, if you if you feel like God is calling you to be involved actively, then email us too. And we we love we're always looking for people to help and be a part of the core team or provide meals or be a chaperone. Um, yeah. So we could always use the prayers as well. <laughs> Sweet. All right. All right. Oh my gosh. Patrick, you do it. All right. Yeah, Father, thank you so much um, for this ministry. Um, thank you for the kids that you have um, brought to us here at the Underground. Help us to continue to grow as a family. Um, help us to love one another as you did. We can do nothing without you. And we give you thanks for all your gifts. And we pray this through Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for Father Adam and his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're <still> Catholic. <laughs>